For those of you who uh, can't see very good, I'm not John McKim, okay? <laughs> I'm just a short, but... Uh, <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, we give thee thanks for this time you're giving us, Lord, in this building, and for the privilege, Lord, to read thy word and study thy word. Father, I thank you. Give me the wisdom to relay this word properly, Lord. In the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you, me, and Brian Dillman done a tremendous introduction. So, I, uh, I'm going to start at uh, Colossians. Chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. This short little chapter is mostly about the power of prayer. Some years ago, Charles Finley, a 19th century American evangelist, sometimes wrestled with what to say in prayer. And one day a woman acquaintance fell deadly ill, and she did not know Christ, but her husband asked Finney to pray for her. Finney immediately became burdened for the woman, but he didn't know how to pray for this particular condition. And finally, after grasping for the right words, Finney received a breakthrough. He said he was unable to roll the burden upon the God and that he immediately felt sure the woman would not die. Not long afterwards, the woman made a full recovery and committed her life to Christ. But you know, there is much more to prayer, however, than a passionate plea for God to intervene. And Paul often sprinkled his letters with intriguing prayers, and we find one of them here in Colossians, chapter 1, from 9 to 12, or 14. In the seven request, Paul covers every area of our lives that needs the daily touch of God. To the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and on your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid upon you in heaven, of which you heard before the word of truth and of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit. It is also among you 
since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And as you also learned that our dear fellow servant who was, faith, who was a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and who also declared to us your love in the spirit. And for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, and that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthening with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering and joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us unto the kingdom of God of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. And Paul said, may we be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And he said, ask God to fill you with spiritual understanding. Are you need that you will need as you walk in his will and study his word. And in verse 10 we read, may we walk in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a blameless life exactly as we should pursue. And may we please God in all respects. And Paul encouraged believers to live a life pleasing to God and to excel in all Christian work. May we bear fruit in every good work. We prove that we are Jesus' disciples when we bear fruit. And may we increasingly grow in the knowledge of God. We should ask for more and more knowledge from his tremendous resources. And may we be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and ask God to strengthen you to do his will for his glory. May our lives express joyous thanks to the Father for his grace to us. Our love for him should run so deep that we can't help but give glory and honor to him. You know, we know that there are many brothers and sisters who have a severe burden on their hearts. We've heard that in the last couple of weeks. And we know that as brothers and sisters, we should stand by them, whether it's in support of talking to them, 
sending a card, a telephone, but most of all, most of all, prayer. Confession and prayer are our biggest, biggest assets. To be able to come before the Lord our God and to bring before him our burdens and our problems. And sometimes our Lord is, we feel sometimes that he doesn't answer, but he does answer. You know, we can only see a small little tunnel but God sees everything around us, in the front of us, behind us, above us, under us. And if we have that little faith of a mustard seed, we'll get through any burden we have on our hearts. Someone, or not someone, many people with burdens sometimes say, why pray? You know, the Lord doesn't seem to hear us. It's been so long, you know, such a long, long time. I remember as a little fella, only, I was only six years old, but I remember it very well. When during the war we had to leave the city and the city of Arnhem had approximately anywhere about 80,000 some people at that time. And I remember very well when we were walking along the road to get out with all those thousands of people. And I remember my grandmother who kept saying to my dad, she always called him father, father, just leave me here, just leave me here. Let me die here. I don't want to go any further. I'm getting tired of all this. And he say, he'll say, we'll make it. Don't you worry about it. We'll make it. I'm here. He always had that expression. I'm here. And I remember when the little airplanes, the Messerschmitt, came over. And they would rattle the pavement uh, with bullets. And people would be jumping and going and screaming. Horses are screaming like babies when they're hit and hurt. And people run and run in the ditches and fell in the ditches and crawled. <clears throat> but we were always pushed under a cart which was drawn with horses. And we walked behind it. And my grandmother was on the cart with some other older seniors. But as soon as those planes came over, everybody started running from the road into the ditch. Now why, as I later on thought about that, what's the difference whether you're on the road or in the ditch? If that plane, if that bullet is going to get you when they were coming down, they were going to get, and that happened. But when you pray after the war, my mother had asked my dad on more than one occasion. He, she never called him by name and he never called her by name. It was always father and mother. <laughs> and she would say to him, father, 
is there a God? And he said, he told her no uncertain terms, that if you lose that belief that there is no God, you are finished. You are finished, period. And he was the one who kept everything going in our family. But I can understand as I, as you get older, you can understand how my mother felt with five little kids and her own mother and with all the troubles which were going around and losing neighbors and we still somehow through all this struggle got through. And it was his prayer. The thing is with my dad, he would never talk about religion or God, never. Even after the war, I've tried many times, never. If you did start talking about it, and my wife has tried it many times too, he would get very upset. And finally, one day, he said, the reason I cannot understand why God let so much suffering go on. And he said, that's all I have to say. And we said, well, why don't you pray? And then he would just close the conversation, and that was it. Do not talk to me anymore. And we felt sad. And we prayed for him. But I don't know if he ever accepted the Lord. Mom did, years before. She was 93 years old. And, uh, you know, when a person has been brought up in a Catholic faith for all those years, and then through the talk and then through prayer, and when she stayed with us for a while, matter of fact, for 20 years, she stayed with us after Dad passed away. and. She was not used to seeing us praying before supper, reading the Bible after supper, but finally that grew and that grew. And at the age of 93, she remembered the 23rd Psalm. One day, <laughs> one day she was in the laundry room and she was saying the 23rd Psalm. So, and then later on she told us she had accepted the Lord, so. What a burden. But people have said, many people have said, why pray? Well, I was looking through some and I found an article by Charlie Stanley. And I'd like to read it to you. Have you ever felt like asking God the above question? Why pray? Your world seems to be hanging by a thread. Emotionally, you're spent. Your future is dim, and just when you think it cannot get any worse, it does. Your prayers seem to go no further than the ceiling, as feelings of shame and inadequacy rise up within you. You feel guilty 
about wondering, does God really care? Is he aware of the darkness besieging my life? Or am I left alone to battle this invisible monster of hopelessness? Well, God cares about you and he's aware of your struggle and he will not abandon you. However, there is a point of responsibility that must be mastered in order for you to break through any hopelessness that has assembled against you. There is a way through the storm, but you must be willing to take the first step towards God in faith. And there is where prayer comes in. Even when we are tired and weary, prayer is the evidence of our unyielding faith. It represents the outstretched hand reaching up to God in total, total submission. And through prayer we complain, uh, proclaim our most desperate needs. But what do you do when you feel or thought your prayers are left unanswered? Who can turn you to when all that greets you is darkness? Some who read these words understand the cries of the psalmist who writes, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, and while they say to me all day long, where is your God? And these things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go along with the throng and, the lead, and lead them in possession to the house of God with the voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him for the help of his presence. Heartache and adversity that go on and on can leave us feeling alone and empty. And mentally, we know our only source of hope and strength is in God. However, when the battle rages and for a long period of time, we can become de depleted emotionally. And God knows this. And he has a plan for his fatigue soldiers. You may hope that he will simply remove the adversity you are facing, and sometimes he does. Most often you, it seems that he doesn't, at least not right away. But what he does do is to pull us closer to himself in a strength that does not faith when exposed to extreme pressure is rooted in prayer. Not just prayer that names and claims a certain event or an action, 
but prayer that refuses to yield to doubts and fears. Unshakable trust like this is the evidence of faith in a sovereign God. Don't be ashamed of the times when you can do when all you can do is whisper a prayer to God. He hears the cries of your heart and he will honor your prayers. And in the Gospel of Mark, the woman who sought the healing for her continuous bleeding was exhausted emotionally, mentally, and physically. Her finances were drained, and she had probably spent many times seeking different doctors for a cure of a, for her illness. But according to Jewish customs and the law of Moses, she was viewed as unclean spiritually and physically. And this rejection went on for years, draining away her hope for healing. Any physical strength she had left was used to lift her hand and touch the outer garment of Christ's robe as he passed. Yet, that was enough. God saw her action. Jesus recognized her faith, and he stopped and turned to face her. Thought he asked who had touched him, or Lord Jesus knew the answer, for he was the Son of God. The power that went out of him had faith as its object. How did this woman have the energy and the willpower to reach out to Christ? It wouldn't seem reasonable from a human perspective for her to give up but she didn't. There is something about coming in contact with Jesus that stirs up our hope. And those who met him realize this, and today is his spirit that draws us to himself. And just like this woman, there is something within us urging, urging us to reach out to him. In prayer, we find hope and a solution for every problem we face. Yet the fact remains that God is not obliged to answer our prayer according to our plans. He sees the big picture. He knows exactly what we need and when we need it. When we are sensitive to the leading of his spirit, we discover that our prayers line up with his will. We pray because we want to know that we are not alone in any situation. God is with us. In 2 Corinthians, with, uh, 2 Corinthians 20, we find that a vast army had gathered against the nation of Judah. Against the nation of Judah, the Bible tells us, that at the side of such an immense army, King Jehoshaphat became afraid. And yet instead of fleeing and covering in fear, the king turned to the Lord in prayer. And Jehoshaphat realized Judah's only salvation was through God's interference. Jehoshaphat prayed, O Lord, 
the God of our fathers? Are you not the God in heaven? And are you not the ruler over all kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. And God was not surprised by the event surrounding Israel, for he knew exactly what was about to take place. And he had a plan for this victory. Do you believe that God will help you? Well, he will. From kings to lowly outcasts, God's mercy abounds. There is always reason to hope when our God is involved. Prayer does several things. It readjusts the focus of your heart and thinking. In time of crisis, it's easy to focus on the darkness of the prevailing situation. However, prayer will change this. It causes you to look to the source of help that will never fail you. And when the focus of your mind is set on Christ and his ability, your heart will cease to be troubled and peace will come in. It allows God an opportunity to become fully involved in your life. Everything in life requires God's assistance. And so we often ignore this fact. We want to solve problems on our own and away from God. But the Lord seeks to build a personal relationship with each one of us. Adversary is common, and it's a common tool. He uses to gain our attention as we cry out to him. He responds by drawing near and teaching us how to handle our problems through faith. He helps us to understand the love of God. Prayer is the only direct line of communication to God. And we may think nice thoughts about him, but these do not translate into prayers. Prayer must be done by stepping aside from our daily activities and acknowledging our need of God. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And he also demonstrates how we should set aside time to be alone with God in prayer, in meditation and worship. Brothers and sisters, true prayer begins by confession and repentance. And this means that we acknowledge our sin before God and make a conscious decision to turn away from it. And through prayer, God strengthens us to say no to temptation and walk away from everything that has the potential of destroying our lives. Psalm 18, verse two, uh, chapter 2, verses 4, 6, and 19. Here is a real good example. For the, here is an, a real example or an answer when someone say, why pray? Because prayer is the greatest avenue of hope you have and it ushers you in the very throne room of God, where he awaits your arrival. 
and the psalmist prayed, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, and the torrents of ungodliness terrifies me. And in my distress I called to the Lord and cried to my God for help, and he heard my voice. And my cry for help came into his ears, and he brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And the Lord works wondrous works and blessings in your life. Prayer is the doorway that will take you there. You may be on the brink of giving up, but there is hope. And God holds the very answer to your problems, to your decisions or relationships. His wisdom is always available to you. And as your loving Heavenly Father, he waits for you to come to him in prayer, down on your knees, confessing your needs and your weaknesses. And he will not, he will not resist your prayers. Each one you whisper is guaranteed to bring a loving response from our loving God. Amen. Father, I give thee thanks for thy word this evening. Father, I hope that it brought some encouragement. And Father, if anyone here, Lord, has a burden upon their heart, Lord, we ask that you will hear our prayers and that you will heal us, Lord, and give us the wisdom. Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I give thee thanks. Amen.